And welcome to the Table of Perspective, where we take a deeper look at how the internal narrative of an individual actually determines their response to life itself and all it entails. Today, I am your host, Bueller, and I will be talking about the phenomenal, the one and only C.S. Lewis. I'll be going into the life and faith and actually the imagination of what he was about and what he wrote. So we're going to go into the first song and then we'll get straight into it. C.S. Lewis and why is he actually still mentioned today in this time? 
Clive Staples Lewis was a British writer and an Anglican lay theologian. He held academic positions in English literature at both Oxford University and Cambridge University. Um, in previous shows, you would know that I have mentioned quite a lot about C.S. Lewis. The thing is, about C.S. Lewis, you might not understand why exactly uh, there's great significance to him if you haven't read any of his other works other than the magnificent Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, as you might know, was a trilogy that began as a sort of uh, imagination work. And he actually got quite a lot of backlash on it because why would you create these characters that were nonsensical from the perspective of a man that was in a, a high position of theology? So I actually have a book called The Romantic Rationalist, and I highly, highly advise that you read it. Um, it was edited by John Piper and David Matisse. And funnily enough, the main... A uh, quote on the back of it actually says that we are far too easily pleased. Um, I'm going to read a little bit from the front of it, which kind of explains a little bit about who C.S. Lewis was and what he was about. So in the first page in the introduction, it says as follows. He went quietly. It was very British. While the Americans rocked and reeled and the world's attention turned to Dallas and the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, one Clive Staples Lewis breathed his last in Oxford, just a week shy of his 65th birthday. Strangely enough, science fictionist Aldous Huxley passed away the same day. And in one calendar square, three of the 20th century's most influential figures were gone. It was November 22nd, 1963 now more than 50 years ago. C.S. Lewis was known best for his series of seven short fiction books, The Chronicles of Narnia, which have sold over 100 million copies in 40 languages, with three of the stories already becoming major motion pictures and for the fourth in the making. Lewis is as popular today as he has ever been. But even before he published Narnia in the early 1950s, he was a distinguished uh, professor at Oxford and Cambridge the world's foremost expert in medieval and Renaissance English literature, and as one of the great lay thinkers and writers in two millennia of the Christian church. Discovering truth and joy. So before I continue on, there was a really significant book that I had read called Mere Christianity. And that was the book that he had written about basically mere Christianity. Now, when you go into it, you'd expect that he tried to convince you of what Christianity was and how you were supposed to follow it. In actual fact, as you read through it, or as I did, I listened to it as a podcast, um, he breaks down the concept behind what your belief in even a deity might be. We make idols out of many things, and for many people, it becomes basically their, their life's work. And as he goes through the book, he breaks down how the mind thinks, the reason for its thinking, and actually the intention of a human being in their day-to-day -day existence. And close to the end of the book, almost I feel, he comes to the, to the conclusion of, you might have expected that all of this I was trying to convince you was about God. But in actual fact, there is scientific, historic, and as well, um, uh, psychological analysis of how the human being desires to know that which is greater than themselves. And I actually have a quote uh, from that book that I absolutely love. And I think that this is one of the, the quotes that uh, is often referred to when the book is thought about. Um, and it goes as follows. It says, if I find myself with desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. And I feel like 
and obviously this is an observation from myself and a reader as you might be if you do actually read the book you would have a different analysis of it but we often go around the bush when we think about who God is, why it is that we want him, and if we're forced to believe in him for the sake of going to hell. Um, but in actual fact, it's not quite like that. The human being has desires, and the human being suffers almost with trying to find out what is actually worthy of following. And when you come to the understanding that there are certain desires that you cannot satisfy, because the term satisfaction is a filling and infilling, rather, and a, a fullness uh, of, of receiving something that was in need. However, desire is only the desire for something. There is only a, an inclination towards something, so to say. So by desiring, rather, excuse me, um, food or smelling food, you are not satisfied. However, by eating it, there is now a fullness that offers something else. And that's energy, obviously, if you're going into understanding what the purpose of food and nourishment, nourishment might be. And that is exactly what he, he speaks about so clearly. We will have desires. We do have the inclination of, of serving and of worshipping. But in actual fact, we reject them and we actually think that we're in control when we worship idols that have nothing for us or, or rather can offer us nothing. So just to continue on in the book from C.S. Um, uh, Lewis about the romantic rationalist, it goes as follows. Um, the good Brit, though he was, Lewis was Irish, born in Belfast, 19, sorry, 1898. He became an atheist in his teens and stridently such in his 20s before slowly warming to theism in his early 30s, and finally being fully converted to Christianity at age 33, quite old as you might think. Um, and he would prove to be for many, as he was for his friend Owen Barfield, the most thoroughly converted man I ever met. What catches the eye about Lewis's star in the constellation of Christian thinkers and writers is his utter commitment to both the life and mind of that of the heart. He thinks and feels with the best. Lewis insisted that rigorous thought and deep affection were not at odds, but mutually supportive. And as impressive as he was in arguing for it, he was even more convincing in his demonstration. Uh, just a side note, I feel like most people don't understand how, uh, how, how, need, how much of a need that very much is. If you can only argue something but not demonstrate it, does it actually relate to our reality? Um, so to continue on, it says, what eventually led to Lewis's theism and finally to Christianity was what he had called longing, an ache for joy with a capital J. He had learned all too well that relentless rationality could not adequately explain the depth and complexity of the human life for all or rather its textures and hues of the world in which we find ourselves. From early on, an angst gnawed at him, which one day he would express so memorably in his most well-known book, Near Christianity. If I find myself a desire with no experience in this world that can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. And that's to go on to show that, uh, again, his, his desire is really much very inclined to reality. Um, an argument that I often have with uh, a lot of intellectuals, and I myself have fallen into, is that we often think so much of thinking for, think for thinking's sake, that there are terms and there are um, explanations and there are arguments, but how much of that actually relates to life? And there was a phenomenal book that um, C.S. Lewis wrote as well, which was called Screwtape Letters. And the 
basic breakdown of what the book was is it was a, a discussion between uh, two demons. There was the uncle, Wormwood, and then, sorry, there was Wormwood, which was the, ne the nephew, and there was the uncle, Screwtape. And it was almost as though, and I believe that the quote from the book that kind of um, clarified what it was directing to, it was a deep look into hell itself. And in one of the parts of the book, it says, as a letter, it is written to the nephew, Wormwood, by uh, Uncle Screwtape, and it says, My dear Wormwood, be sure that the patient remains completely fixated on politics. So the way the book was written is that they had one specific um, or rather the demons were allocated people in which they would have to deceive and, uh, and turn away from God as we know him. And so the conversation was always back and forth of the patient, the patient being whoever was being um, used by or, or redirected by the demon. And he says as follows, be sure that the patient remains completely fixated on politics, arguments, political gossip, and obsessing over the faults of people they have never met serves as an excellent distraction from advancing in personal virtue, character, and the things the patient can control. Make sure to keep a patient, the patient in constant state of angst, frustration, and general disdain towards the rest of the human race in order to avoid any kind of charity or inner peace from further developing. Ensure the patient continues to believe that the problem is out there, quote-unquote, in the broken system, rather than recognizing there is a problem within himself. Keep up the good work, Uncle Screwtape. And, and that was just a small part of the book, but... Actually, to, to break it down further, I'd rather continue just after the break because there's a specific scripture that comes to mind whenever I'm, I'm, I'm reading this part and I feel how it's almost a, a broken reality that we exist in when we argue thoughts for thoughts sake instead of understanding how much Christ has freed us from or rather, you know, in our current reality. So right after the second song, I'm just going to finish this off and close off. So enjoy. You're listening to Active FM. Christ Music is Christ Music. Yeah, I. Yeah. I wanna see revival in the streets. Got my Bible plate for keys. Hear no evil, see no evil while I speak. For nothing. I don't move. Chopper, homie. On the block, word of God like a chopper, homie. Testimony for the gangster and the thugs. Overflowing with my cup, thank you for the blood. Met the plug, and I ain't never been higher. Not the drugs, Holy Ghost got me wired. Out the fire, yeah, I made it out alive. New me, out the casket, I've been revived. 24K shine, man, I've been refined. Tell my bros, get right before the end of time. There's one way I'm breaking every idol. every idol. Repenting for America, I wanna see revival. I wanna see revival in the streets. Got my Bible play for keeps. Hear no evil, see no evil, I don't speak for nothing. I don't move for nothing. It's only true for nothing. Brand new, cool, cool, and no game. Ooh, yeah, that's how we move, yeah. We stepping on the devil's shoes. 
with, I practiced every side Oil in my lamp, man, the flesh suicidal. I don't need the titles, but call me his disciple. Lost my mind, on a cries, not a side. Carry my cross, man, I follow him daily. Ride for the hood, but the hood never saved me. A cheater, a liar, the Lord, he forgave me. In love with the money, like the money really made me. I was loco, smiling in the photos Deep inside all the pain, hibernating like an oso Yeah, I was drowning in the alcohol Eleven years sober now I wanna see revival in the streets Got my Bible, play for keys Hear no evil, see no evil, I don't speak For nothing, I don't move For nothing, it's only truth For nothing, brand new So to close this off, there is a scripture that comes to mind so poignantly. And before that, a quote by C.S. Lewis in Near Christianity says as follows. Human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God, which will make him happy. And I'm most definitely going to do another segment on this specific topic. But going forward into the scripture uh, that comes to mind is the fact that we are told to think on things that are true, that are joyful, that are um, rather clear of scripture. And the problem that we're, we're coming to find is that it's so easily or so quickly put aside to think on things that are true and honest and pure. And we then look at our own minds and see the fact that our lives are falling apart. However, we don't allow the hope of Christ to actually govern the way we think and the way we see, we see things. And reading C.S. Lewis's books, even the non-fictional ones, or rather the fictional ones, uh, such as the Chronicles of Narnia, there, are such evident, there is such an evident need of taking control of the kind of thoughts that you actually do think. Because thinking for, for thinking's sake leaves you as an existentialist, someone, a person with no reason and no rhyme and no purpose. Why do we exist for existing's sake? Why is it that we reject truth and honesty and purity and, and charity for the sake of a, a structure of, of mindset and something that I often find and I have even found in myself um, and I, I'm fairly certain that if you just asked a, a couple questions you'd find that many people don't really want to reject Christ for, for, for the mere sake of having to believe in him but more than that they are not willing to reject their thought patterns that have governed their minds and for instance you have to and I say have to in, 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 the, in the manner of understanding that you are actually choosing a different reality, which C.S. Lewis so beautifully actually through his own life uh, exuded, is that when we come to Christ, there is a newness of mind that has to come about. We have to choose the, the way that we think, and it is not the same as the world. We have to redefine um, how we think about money. Perhaps your way of thinking of money is that it can only be made in such a way that is perhaps evil or, or deceiving or in thievery. Um, and the way that you think about people, perhaps your, your mindset is always trying to, to protect yourself, that everything and everyone is coming to attack you. But when we come to God, there is a need for understanding that 
you ha we will have to allow God to change your mind about things. And the greatest promise in that is that he is a good father who wants to see you prosper, who wants to see you come to pass in such a way that is actually a far greater blessing than you yourself could produce. And, and that is why C.S. Lewis is, is an excellent example of what writing, creativity, what... Um, with, about God's deity, about sovereignty of heaven and of earth and of hell. All of these things have been observed in such a magnificent way that relates to, relates to reality. Even if it is fiction, he still so clearly brings that line of how are these terms applied in reality today? And, th and that's the thing. Whenever we're thinking about things, they can't merely be the fact that I want to fly because flying's sake. It's that there is a relief from gravity when you're flying. There is a desire for freedom of something when you desire something else. And all of that comes back to, in essence, the fact that we desire something that is beyond this world. We desire freedom and peace and hope. And Christ offers that for our reality here and now. And so if ever you have the opportunity to read anything from C.S. Lewis, I would highly advise Mere Christianity, Screwtape Letters, The Chronicles of Narnia, and if you're willing to chew through a book that might take a bit more of thinking and, and, and mulling over, The Romantic Rationalist by David Piper and David, sorry, John Piper and David Matisse is an excellent, excellent option. And give yourself time in reading it because there's quite a lot to go through. So that was all from me. I hope that this was an encouragement and actually that you would start actually inquiring about things. And like um, Ravi Zacharias often said, is that the aim of, of Christianity is we are trying to get the thinker to believe and the believer to think. We are not ignorant in our belief, but we are actually very much fully uh, part and made in such a way to understand and think and desire. And all of those things need to honor God. So that's all from me. I hope that you have a great day further and we will speak to you next time. Bye. you heard it's the netflix of radio radio become part of the active fm family today go check out more of the shows and chat with us on our social media platforms it's more than just a radio station with amazing content we are Active FM. Share your thoughts with us. Send in your questions or simply tell us what you love most about Active FM on our WhatsApp line. Radio has never been better.
Son of righteousness, set a prince of peace, prison and 